Today on Understanding Immigration, breaking down the border crisis with Rob Law. The, the numbers are absolutely astronomical. They're, they're at levels that we never thought you'd see before. I mean, it's become routine for over 200,000 illegal aliens to be apprehended in a month. Coming to you from Washington, D.C., you are now listening to FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Understanding Immigration. With me today, I have friend of FAIR, former employee, former guest on Understanding Immigration, Rob Law from the America First Policy Institute. Rob, how are you doing today? Ron, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, and it's uh, great to come home again. We're, we're glad to have you back. Glad to have you in the studio here back at FAIR, you know, be able to talk about all that's going on in the immigration right now. There's been so many things that have happened recently. Just this past week, we had President Biden go up. I think it was Peter Ducey from Fox News asked him a question. He said, you know, you're going to Arizona. You're going to be 100 miles from the border. Might have even been 50 miles from the border. And Biden instantly responded. He said, oh, there's more important things I have to do. I'm not going down. What kind of emotions is that? That kind of pull out of you, Rob, when you heard that happen? Well, I mean, it's, it's offensive, really, uh, when it boils down to it. You have the worst humanitarian crisis at the border that we've ever seen, and it's solely because of Biden administration policies. And to not even, a token visit's not going to solve the problem, but at least show that you're taking it seriously. And maybe they should have told him that there was an ice cream truck at the border or something like that. <laughs> may have made the visit, but it just goes to show that this administration has completely embraced the mindset of open borders, that there is, there is no United States southern border. Anybody who wants to be here will be allowed in, and they don't seem to care about the, the trafficking that's occurring, the crimes that are being committed against American citizens who live in that area, and the pain that people are feeling across the country as illegal aliens and drugs flood into the country. Yeah, it, it really is a crisis. I mean, we have so many people coming across. I think it was the latest border estimate we had from FAIR was that it was 5.5 million people across the border under the Biden administration, over a million of those being gotaways. And I think that's kind of the most dangerous part that we have coming across right now. Oh, the, the numbers are absolutely astronomical. They're, they're at levels that we never thought you'd see before. I mean, it's become routine for over 200,000 illegal aliens to be apprehended in a month. That never happened in the entire history of DHS. And now it's been six, seven straight months of Biden administration. They've completely changed what it is to look like, uh, you know, border numbers. And you're, and you're right. It's so easy to turn yourself in and be released into the interior, which is what these economic migrants want. It's mm -hmm. the gotaways. That's what's the real national security concern, because if it's that easy to be let in, these guys are going to great depths to be avoid to avoid any sort of detection. Uh, that that's the real national security concern. Yeah, of course, of course. And you know, when we have these big waves of people coming in, you know, you have 300, 400 people who are just kind of trying to come in in one big wave. You know, what's going on? You when you have section, you know, mile section one of the border, mile section three, we don't have border patrol over there. No one who's really able to dictate the flow of what's going on. And we have drugs coming in, we have people coming in, and, and, and it truly is a crisis. I mean, you you kind of know a little bit about these drug numbers. Tell me about what's coming in, what this crisis looks like. Well, again, it's, it's record numbers. The, basically, the Biden administration is setting all the wrong records. And mm. if you look at fentanyl in particular, that is, that is the record-setting drug that is killing an entire generation of Americans. It is now the leading cause of death of young Americans, 18 to 45. And it is all coming across. So the you're saying board. that's not COVID, that's not car accidents, it, it's fentanyl. It's fentanyl. Um, it's, you know, the precursor chemicals are manufactured in China. They send it to the Mexican cartels. The cartels press it into other pills and other powders, things of that sort. And then they're bringing it across the border. Most of the time when the Border Patrol agents are being drawn off their enforcement lines to process illegal aliens uh, or apprehend them. And then that creates these enormous 
gaps and opportunities for the cartels to sneak these dangerous drugs into our communities, which is why every state is a border state, because every state in this country is being hit with the fentanyl crisis. Yeah, it really, really is. And you actually, I'm glad that you brought in some figures with you here, um, where we're able to kind of get a real firsthand look as to what's going on. Um, so one of these di- one of these uh, one-pagers you brought in, let's take a look. Um, I mean, you want to go over this? I mean, those at home are going to be able to read it on the screen, but of course, you know, point out some things that we need to see here. Sure. Well, um, you know, just last year alone, almost 15,000 pounds of fentanyl was was caught. And that's just what, what was getting caught. And you know far more uh, is actually getting through because, like I said, fentanyl is the number one killer of young Americans. Uh, and basically what's being caught is enough to kill every American seven to ten times over, depending on, you know, how you, how you calculate the estimated now, U.S. population. Is that yearly or is that what we've caught up until now? That was just last year alone. Wow. Just wow. last year alone. Okay. Yeah. So, and we're projecting that's probably going to get worse over time. Looking here, do we think there's any sort of savior in the next Congress coming up, anything like that? Unless Congress finally holds this uh, administration accountable, I, there's no end in sight for the drugs and the record number of illegal aliens. Uh, the Biden administration has shown no desire to pivot, uh, to embrace the successful policies that the Trump administration put in place. They have no answers. They have no solutions. And frankly, they don't see this as a problem. It's a management Terrible. capacity issue. It is not a national security or, or border integrity problem. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at it here. We have, what, uh, over a 3.4 increase in the record set in 2021, oh, 357 increase from when Trump was in office. More than, That's 1.4 times the amount of people that could fit in the largest stadium in the U.S. It, it's just absolutely wild. Th- this many drugs are coming across. It's a bit, be able to kill this many people, and we're still not taking it seriously. Now, I want to look at this other diagram that you brought here where we're talking about just by the numbers in itself, and some of these are talking about deaths that we've had. And this is just in 2021 alone. We're looking at 70,000 deaths by fentanyl. This is a record-breaking increase, and it's going over and over and over again. And, you know, there's different things which are coming across. I mean, what, we have the rainbow fentanyl, we have liquid fentanyl, and you think this is more, you know, the cartels are learning the ways in which we're finding them and they're finding more ways to change the system. What does that look like? Well, the cartels are definitely getting creative, um, which is why they're they're masking it in, you know, the rainbow fentanyl. They're hiding it in children's toys, you know, Lego packages, things that, you know, if they're trying to sneak it through a port of entry that, uh, you know, a CBP officer would, you know, think, oh, this is harmless uh, chalk, things like that. They're definitely getting creative and trying to get it through the legal ports. Um, but when it comes to what's coming across the border in between the ports of entry, there's no telling what that looks like, how potent it is. But what we do know is that uh, a lethal dose is about the size of a grain of sugar. Wow. Wow. And now our Border Patrol people, when they're finding this on the border, I mean, obviously, you know, you see a suspicious package. Maybe this is something we need to take in. If they see something in the field, do they have a way in which they could sort of test to see that, you know, this person's bringing fentanyl with them? Or is it kind of just sort of a guess and check method, do you think? So they they have methods to figure it out. Likely it has to be brought back to a Border Patrol facility. Most likely they don't have any sort of testing strips on their person. Um, so, you know, it's, it's detained, but you don't really know what it is uh, until you get until you get back and, and figure and, it out. And when they have to go back, you know, to the facility to test this, that's taking them off the front lines and it's leaving our border more exposed, correct? Well, it, you're exactly right. Every, every, aven- every time you have to leave the border to go back to a processing center, which is what that is, um, whether that is because you've apprehended drugs or you've apprehended illegal aliens, that's time away from you patrolling the border, which creates the next, you know, vulnerability for, you know, the 
the KSTs, the, the known as suspected terrorists, to come across, larger waves of economic migrants, or even worse drugs or larger supplies to go through. Yeah, yeah. You know, you talk about these KSTs, and I think we already hit on this a little bit, but I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into this. What, what were the numbers over the past month with those? I Do think it was at least 20 um, okay. in the month, um, which is more than the entire uh, Trump administration. Wow. Uh, and it was 98 last year alone. Wow. And, and here's, what this, here's what this means. That many numbers being apprehended does not mean that the Biden administration is doing a really good job at enforcing the law. Mm-hmm. What this says is that these bad actors view the southern border as the easiest way for them to get into our country. And it's only the dumb ones that are getting caught, the ones who probably don't realize that we have any about any amount of information about them in our databases. So they try to sneak across with all the other economic migrants, happen to get some sort of a, you know, bio, biometric or biographic check, and then they get pinged. It's just those guys that are getting caught. But a lot of the, the getaways, both the known getaways and of course the unknown ones, those are the bad actors that are that are a real concern and you know, that is a national security uh, concern, and there's no telling if and when another terrorist attack will happen. But if it does, most likely that avenue into the United States will have been across the southern border. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the combination of terrorists coming in, the combination, combine that with fentanyl, I mean, it, it's almost like it's the perfect recipe for some kind of disaster to happen. It seems yeah. so. And, and of course, it is highly, highly lucrative for the cartels. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the Biden administration has become the greatest business partner that the cartels could have ever hoped for. They're bringing in record revenue, uh, smuggling and trafficking people. And then the drug money is just, uh, I guess, uh, whipped cream on that on that ice cream. Going back to the, going back to our Biden analogy earlier. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, you know, you have the cartels, and then the, they, you said they're, you know, getting the fentanyl from ultimately the CCP. So I mean, Biden's almost, he's almost complicit in the fact where he's somewhat funding that regime in a way with this as well. Oh yeah, it's hard to separate the Biden administration and these policies from human trafficking and the CCP and the cartels. And it gets to a point where almost every single American gets caught up in it as a as, as, as responsible for it because it's it's our country. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, do you see any way of changing this, any way we could kind of get Biden to figure out some way to do something other than, you know, go get ice cream as we are talking about? <laughs> well, the, the new House of Representatives, uh, I think they have a clear obligation to come forward with a very serious, robust border security bill mm-hmm. that will actually, if put in place, secure the border, and human trafficking and, and defeat the cartels. And I think that will show to the American people, hey, the House of Representatives hears you, the People's House, they have solutions. The Biden administration, they have excuses. Mm. And, and by doing that, that gives you know, the, the new majority uh, in the House that, uh, you know, that, that support to then hold administration officials accountable through robust oversight hearings. And who knows what happens down down the road. But it's clear while, you know, the midterm elections were sort of a mixed bag from a looking at it from a political standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, the American people overwhelmingly say that we are heading in the wrong direction. Yeah. And the border crisis is a big part of that sentiment. Yeah. And, you know, there was actually a fair poll that was run. I believe it was a, it was an exit poll from Election Day back in November. And what we ended up figuring out was 64 percent of the people in the country want a stronger border and want more border security. You know, when it comes to amnesty taking measures, measures which are going 
going to end up hurting our border security in the end? Less than 10%, 8.8% of Americans are the people who are going to end up saying, uh, you know, m- maybe this is something we want, but, you know, the overwhelming majority, as we're talking about here, definitely don't want that. And, you know, I- I'm sure our listeners are very happy to hear about the fact where, you know, we're coming into this new Congress, getting some new blood in the House of Representatives, you know, going to be a Republican leadership, everything like that. We're going to be able to have some form of a pushback. But what I'm really worried about here, you know, we're sitting here the first week of December. We have three weeks of a lame duck session. Do you think things are going to happen there, which are going to be irreparable damage for the next two years once Republicans get back into power? Well, there's certainly a a push to do so. And it just goes to show how the priorities of lawmakers or certain lawmakers is so misaligned from what the American people want. The American people want border security. And what do we see? Instead, we hear a push of amnesty, and we hear a big tech green card giveaway that'll make a mess of the legal immigration system mm. and an effort to allow deported veterans who committed terrible crimes um, and were removed from our country to be allowed back in and essentially forgiven for their, their past criminal misconduct. Yeah, just forget about it, right? You know, yeah. they, they went back, came back over, they're a changed person, right? Apparently, and it's just like nobody's calling for this except for special interests. And it's just time and time again, lawmakers and sometimes the executive branch are failing the American people. And, and this push here during the lame duck, if these provisions were so popular, they ha- they've had two years to do these things. If you're waiting until the last minute, it makes it seem like it's not that popular because it's not. They've refused to have any of these bills go through the, the proper channels where it's transparent and open and it's debated and you may have amendments to improve the bill or change the bill. This is just a push through, sneak it into a must-pass legislation, and and go from there. But if if this Congress, lame duck session, passes any of these measures, it will completely spoil the well for the effort to secure the border uh, with, with the bill that we're expecting the House of Representatives to usher through next year. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand that. And now, you know, you talk about the measures that we could take, making sure that things don't get passed on the lame duck. Something that we uh, recently put out, it was fair in conjunction with the America First Policy Institute. Also, a few other groups, you know, the Heritage Foundation, Texas Public Policy Foundation, groups like that all sent a letter to Congress. I'm sure you had a hand in that. Would you like to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And this is a follow-up letter to uh, a letter that we sent out in the springtime, I think it was around May, kind of getting ahead of what next year was going to look like. Mm. And and it's just been so refreshing to have a a coalition of folks who are clear-minded that securing the border is obligation and expectation and goal number one. And, you know, the first letter said, here's what we're expecting you to do. And then uh, the more recent letter said, okay, now you have your new majority in in the new Congress. Uh, don't screw it up by, by passing non-border-related issues in the lame duck. This is not the time to do anything other than basically keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. Keep the lights on and let the new Congress that the American people voted for take over, and especially in the House of Representatives, let those lawmakers actually advocate on behalf of the will of the people. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that they're going to be confident and listen to you know the entire coalition and kind of go along with this, or you know just yesterday uh, it was uh, Senator Tim or a couple of days ago it was Senator Tillis and Senator Senator Cinema ended up coming up with some sort of an agreement in the Senate where they said yeah we're going to let the Dreamers in I think something along those lines. Um, to, uh, that agreement is this something that we think is going to be more common coming up in the next three weeks, or do we think that they're going to take a little more you know people are going to listen to your letter and actually read between the lines, figure out this is something we don't need to do. I mean, I think it all boils down to numbers. You're always going to have uh, a subset of, of lawmakers of both political parties that, that don't really care what the American people want. They care what their donors want. Mm. 
Um, and that's what you see in that initiative that's being called a deal. It's no deal. It's two amnesty supporters agreeing with each other. That, that's not a deal. Um, and, and talk of a dreamer amnesty, which they always frame it as, oh, it's for young people. They're all adults. It's a work permit program that they're trying to, to legalize. But just the framing of it, they frame it as it's for young people to make it seem sympathetic to the American people. But what they're really doing is they are encouraging the cartels to facilitate the next round of children being trafficked to the border. Because they'll say, look, these guys are about to get their amnesty. So we're going to traffic you to the border and you're not going to get this one but you're gonna get the next one. And there's a direct responsibility that these guys have um, for the, all the heinous activity that occurs during that journey north. And it started with you know, DACA in 2012. You know, UACs were not really a problem. Of course, there were uh, some uh, before 2012, but you look at 2014, two years after DACA is unveiled, you have a UAC crisis, or at least what you thought it was a UAC crisis, and it just got worse and worse and worse. Trump administration, we tried to put in place a number of policies to discourage it. And then we made, as we were making inroads, Biden administration comes in place and undoes all of that, and the, and the numbers are skyrocketing again. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just, it, like you say, it's just crisis after crisis, just ongoing. I mean, it's almost like it, it, it's not really registering with the people in Congress right now because there's no sort of there's no sort of push, no real want to get things done, except for when it comes to these mass amnesty measures. So, you know, another mass amnesty that we're, that uh, I wanted to kind of touch base with you about, something you've been tweeting about recently, has been what's going on with these Afghans coming in. You know, we had the Bosch exit from Afghanistan a year or so ago, and uh, ever since then, you know, there were some people that came came over. We've been trying to sort of figure out how to figure out this situation. What does that look like from your perspective? Well, I mean, it's a disaster. And it just goes to show you that the Biden administration is doing so many things wrong that it's kind of hard to keep the public's attention on all of them. So the border is drawing most of that focus to the extent that anyone's actually willing to cover it. And in the meantime, you have the Biden administration paroling in large groups of unvetted, visa-less uh, aliens. And when it comes to the Afghans, what happened there was, was an embarrassment on, mm -hmm. on all fronts, uh, strategic, uh, policy front, you name it. They basically allowed whomever could get onto an airplane, get on board, and they flew out of, out of the Kabul airport and said, we'll figure out who you are later. And instead How is of that legal, oh, it's not legal. It, it's absolutely not. But they just don't care. They suspended the laws, and instead of stopping at a safe third country called a lily pad, and they could have done all the vetting there, however long it took, they could have done that. Instead, they basically stopped long enough to fuel up, and then they came to the United States, dropped them off here, and is, then is that a, sorry to cut you off? Yeah, is no that problem. a way of sort of checking off the list that they did the leap pad uh, sort of country when they fuel up there, or is it just completely bypassed? I mean, it's, it's bypassed. Yeah. The vetting didn't occur. The way mm -hmm. the way these types of things are supposed to occur is there are special visas available to our true allies. And that's the buzzword that you hear out of these people yeah. that are saying, oh, our Afghan allies, they need they need something. Well, there's something called a special immigrant visa for those who actually meaningfully helped in the war effort. What ended up on that plane was a bunch of working age men, many of whom had no involvement in the United States effort in Afghanistan. And they were allowed into the country, given work permits, cut loose before we figured out who they are. Some have gone on to commit crimes. And then you had a blistering report from the inspector general about all of the vetting failures. Yeah. And instead of using that as a, as a light bulb moment that says, we really screwed up, we need accountability, we need, to, we need to detain all of them until they're all properly vetted and those who are ineligible, which is almost all of them, need to be returned, whether that's to Afghanistan or to a different country. Those are options are available. Wow. 
And instead, the push is in the exact opposite direction. Oh, we need to give them a green card. So people who don't even qualify for the specific visas available to our true allies are now being having their unlawful uh, presence being smuggled and laundered, essentially, into a push to give them a permanent status in the United States and a path to citizenship. Some of these folks, you know, may have very negative views of the United States. Yeah, 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 of course. And it, it really, it, it's a shame to our true allies, as you say, you know, they throw that word around almost like uh, like asylum seeker or something along those lines, you know. Um, and the way that this just gets thrown around and the way that the people are treated and, you know, they come in, they get the amnesty, and they're able to cut everyone in line who's been waiting for years on end. And it, it's just an absolute atrocity the way that we're not able to let the people who tried to come try to do it legally as opposed to someone who just hopped on a plane get into our country and get in legally. I, I just think the entire thing is just bananas. And you brought up this report. Um, I, I think you said it was an ICE report where they were talking about how when we brought the people over, we didn't have a proper way to vet them. Inside of that report, it said something along the lines of like, I, I think it was at least 10% of these people had the same exact birthday. Um, so, you know, they don't even have their names. They don't have their dates right. They don't have a lot of things right. So they're pretty much writing down on the paper whatever people tell them. That can't be an effective way to try to track people. No, it, it's, you're exactly right. You know, it was an inspector general report. And basically, they it was take the alien at their word for who they are. They gave you a name. You wrote it down. They gave you a birthday. You wrote it down. They claimed they didn't know when their birthday was. You said, okay, well, how old are you? Okay, so we'll say, okay, that's 1989, and then you just get January 1 as a birthday. So like 80% of that population has a January 1 birthday, apparently. It is the yeah. most prolific day for people to give birth, apparently. You know, <laughs> yeah, and it just, it just goes that. to show that, it, that it's not serious. And then because you're accepting their story and writing it down, you are solidifying it and officializing it, which then means it'll be incredibly difficult in the future if you have an administration that's serious about screening and vetting to ever be able to refute that information because it's being locked in as gospel. Yeah, yeah. So it's not only going to be affecting us now, it's, you know, in the future, you know, sh should in some world ends up being, you know, Republicans in three chambers or, you know, even if Congress and just the presidency, all the branches of government decide to work together to actually handle this crisis, it's going to be that much harder in the future to try to figure it out because of what's going on right now. Yeah, the Biden administration is intentionally putting in place obstacles, barriers, to use one of their buzzwords, yeah. to ever root out any sort of immigration fraud that is occurring right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's just going to be fraud and it's going to be fraud for years to come. Rob, could you give us some kind of hope as to what's going to be happening soon? Something that's going to maybe do a change in the water, something that's going to be a positive outlook on the immigration? Sure. Well, I mean, again, you know, the, the cavalry is coming, right? That's what the House of Representatives is going to look like in, in the new Congress. And, you know, there's been a commitment from what's looking like that new Republican leadership, you know, to, to groups like AFPI and FAIR and Heritage and others that they're, they're taking border security seriously. You know, they laid out a little bit of a framework about what's going to be in that bill. And, and I, I truly believe that that bill is going to be introduced. It's going to be the strongest, most effective border security bill ever introduced. And I, I think it's going to be a priority of the new Congress, and it's going to pass the House. And I think that's going to be a huge win to show that at least when given the opportunity, you know, this majority takes that issue seriously, put the onus on the Senate, uh, and then go from there, possibly even getting it you know, if the numbers ever materialized, you know, to force to force the hand on, on President Biden to veto it. But getting that bill through the House, I think, will be a critical first step. And then oversight, 
you know, there seems to be a real commitment to oversight. The, the Biden administration officials have coasted by for the last two years. They've barely appeared before Congress. They get cupcake questions. Secretary Mayorkas has been allowed to lie under oath that he has operational control of the border, and that the border is secure. And seeing real accountability on that front, you may see some people uh, who want to spend more time with their family yeah. uh, or return to the private sector. Who knows what might happen <laughs> on, that, on that front? I think that'll be helpful. And then, the, you know, the third thing is the appropriations process. Controlling the purse strings. Congress has very powerful tools, and if you start depriving these political appointees of, uh, you know, their their jets and their travel budgets and all those little goodies that they like, uh, you defund some of their terrible policies. Then that that could be an effective way to at least slow down the damage. So at some point it can be reversible. Yeah, understood, understood. Well, you know, for the sake of us here sitting at the table, and for the sake of the country, I hope you're right about a lot of that stuff yeah. there. Uh, so Rob, you know, tell people where could they find you? Where could they follow you? Find your information? Find your work? Sure, sure. So uh, the America First Policy Institute. You can uh, you know check out the website AmericaFirstPolicy.com. Uh, I am more recently now on Twitter, which okay, is uh, okay. a new thing. We I'm got still, that blue check mark? Still, oh, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was trying to get a hang- handle on that. So I'm uh, at uh, the Rob Law. Um, okay. So you can you can find me there. Um, not too prolific yet, but trying to trying to figure out all the hashtags and, uh, you know, the however the, the algorithms work to, to actually get people to see it and, and be engaged. The Eagle Act has gotten me a lot of engagement. So I got you. Hey, I'm, you guys heard him. Give him a follow. I'm, I'm Come getting on. there, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, get, get me a few more follows and maybe that check mark can uh, can be ach- achievable as a 2023 goal. We'll oh, see. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe we can call up Elon, have him give it to you. I love that. Okay, well, you know, thank you all so much for tuning in and understanding immigration today. Of course, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Rumble, anywhere where you can find podcasts, anywhere you can find videos. Mostly you'll be able to find us at Fair Immigration. Feel free to follow our Facebook, Twitter, Gab, Getter, True Social, all of them. Uh, we appreciate you all listening to the show. Rob, thank you again so much for being on. And this has been Understanding Immigration. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.